Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone as usual. And uh, we are coming off a win against lowly William & Mary. Rob, how are you feeling? One word to describe the win against William & Mary. Happy. Happy. Happy that football is back. <laughs> good. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, so we're going to get into some of the things we liked. We're going to talk about some of the things we uh, think the team should work on or things we didn't quite like. And then we're going to also look ahead to the Illinois game, which is hopefully uh, it's on this Saturday. So it's it's coming up at uh, 11 a.m., which is just a brutal time slot. And the, like, the dew will still be on the grass at that point. So we'll get into it. But first, I do want to talk about our sponsor from Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room, Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And you can join for free. Just download it on the iOS app store, and you can start ongoing conversations, watch games with other fans, react to the biggest news, rumors, and talk about games. All you need to do is download it, once again, for free in the iOS app store. Spotify Green Room, come and talk about your sports. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. All right, Rob, let's just jump into it. This is going to be, a, I think, a pretty straightforward podcast, even though we had a new, it's like a new a new team. There's a lot of things that we kind of expected to happen. There's a couple things we didn't quite expect. Do you want to start with offense first, or do you want to start about talk about defense first? Because I know you're pumped up to talk about the 3-3-5. Yeah, I am pumped up to talk about 3-3-5, but I think it probably does make more sense to start with the offense, just because... The offense, I know you and I texted during the game. I mean, I talked to a lot of people about this. I'm sure you did. What is going on with this quarterback system? What do you think about having three, four quarterbacks out there? Uh, So, to be fair, at first, it didn't go well. So, in the first quarter especially, you know, we, we come out and we don't have, like, a great first quarter, I would say. In fact, I would say we started pretty slow. We end the quarter only up 3-0. And so that's kind of disheartening to see against a team like William & Mary. Now, to be fair, our defense was dominating. Of course, we'll talk about them later. But there was just some weird plays like how Jacob Rodriguez got two carries in a row, one of which he fumbled and recovered. But 
it like he got a carry on like a important third down. It was just a weird situation where I felt like we could have used our stable of running backs, which I think is a talented group, and instead of the three four quarterbacks that we have. Now, I don't really consider Keaton Thompson a quarterback by any stretch. He's a as as the roster said, football FBP, which we think stands for football player. I don't know if that's been addressed. I think it has been confirmed, but okay. yeah, it's it's unique. It's I've never seen that before. I think it's awesome. And yeah, so he's not a really a quarterback, but having Rodriguez in there, having um uh Ira it was no, you know what? I think it was Armstead who who ran the the two in a row, but it was just a weird time for me in my life when watching the three <laughs> quarterbacks in there at the same time because we did that against wake forest last year and i didn't really want to do it again yeah i mean it's definitely weird it's definitely unique i'll be honest with you i don't like it yeah um during the game you know i was just wondering what was like what the thought process was you know mm-hmm. what is the end goal here it's the end goal to just put something on tape to try to confuse opponents is the end goal to actually utilize this as part of the daily or, you know, weekly offense. And, you know, Bronco said after the game, he cleared it up a little bit. He said, you know, this is something that I wanted to test out. We have good quarterbacks. I wanted to see how they would fare out there. I wanted to get them game reps. And mm-hmm. I get that. But you spend the entire offseason talking about, how you want to use the traditional ground game more, how Mm -hmm. deep, how the running back room is the deepest on the roster, how good the offensive line is going to be. You spend all off season talking about it. And then Wayne has five carries. Mm -hmm. Darrington has three carries. Ronnie Walker has one carry. Mike Collins has two carries. And Mm -hmm. it's just, what are we doing? And even more than that, I think it's risky. You know, Mm -hmm. Thompson is our, or sorry, uh, Jacob Rodriguez is our fourth string quarterback. If you want to run him, fine. But Ira Armstead is our backup quarterback. Do Mm -hmm. we really need Ira Armstead taking five carries, playing 10, 15 snaps, however he played? I don't like it. That's my take, at least. I mean, to be fair, he had the most rushing yards. He had five carries for 54 yards. I I just think that, you know, with our offensive line and and who, who played fine and with our stable of running backs i feel like we should use them right like it's fine for ira armstead to to get some like trick plays and you know J- having jacob rodriguez out there is fine too but i just feel like we need to use the players that we have and i also feel like like is this a recruiting um liability for us because if if running backs see uva and they're like well they don't play their running backs ever like why would a running back come to uva at this point if they're just gonna have the quarterbacks do everything i i just i i'm not i'm not a huge fan and i think i need to be convinced against an acc opponent before i like it and to be frank i'm not sure like do you think jacob rodriguez is gonna play in three more games and then not play the rest of the season to keep his red shirt i feel like that might happen and we might not see him for the rest of the season so, I mean, that's the caveat here is how how much of a part of the offense will this actually be? And I guess we'll find out Saturday against Illinois mm-hmm. and, you know, UNC the week afterwards. But I think I think it's fair to say let's hold off judgment until we see what happens against an opponent that's not William & Mary. Yeah. But to your question about Jacob Rodriguez, 
I think this is here to stay with Rodriguez. I think he is not going to redshirt this season because the take that I think is important is that while he played, his the other quarterback in his class, Jay Wolfolk, did mm-hmm. not. So yeah. my guess is that after having a couple classes where the quarterbacks didn't quite work out, you know, you think to um, R.J. Harvey, Luke mm-hmm. Wentz, that class didn't produce a quarterback. I think with that in mind, they're going to probably try to space these quarterbacks out. So my guess would be is that Jacob Rodriguez does not redshirt, okay. but that Jay Wolfolk will redshirt. Interesting. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually, now that you mention it that way. Wild guess, but we'll, I guess we'll find out soon enough. But like, you know, I get where, I also get where Broncos coming from. Like, if you think about like high school, like high school, usually the quarterback is the best athlete. Like, and unless you have like a, you know, a really good defensive player or something, usually the quarterback is the athlete, is the athlete on the team. And like, honestly, sometimes in high school, like the quarterback will also play defense. So I understand where he's coming from that usually the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that they're recruiting are definitely more athletic than maybe some other quarterbacks that aren't going to run as much, but like, it's just weird. And I'm not sure anyone was really prepared for it. And so I think a lot of people just kind of, it kind of threw people the wrong way, especially after the slow first quarter. I think, I think it just rubbed people the wrong way. So I know it rubbed me the wrong way. So I hope that this week, Either it's gone or it works a little bit better. Absolutely. I mean, it worked fine. It worked fine, but like works better quicker. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think, I think the coaching staff is just maybe overthinking this a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I give them a ton of credit for what they did with Keaton Thompson because he's a great athlete yeah. and he's unique in his ability to play that slash role. And I think he's going to become more of a wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he caught five balls most receptions of anyone on the team against William and Mary for 66 yards. I think he's going to turn into more of a true wide receiver, but he certainly does have a role out of the backfield in that slash role. You know, he had mm-hmm. a carry for 40 yards, which was really impressive. Got put all over social media. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jacob Rodriguez, he doesn't have the top end speed that Keaton Thompson does. If you're using them between the tackles, these are running backs, you know, it's not, it's not that complicated. So I think they're just overthinking this a little bit. Yeah. And if they do continue to play this way, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that effective. And that's my biggest thing. I'm just mm-hmm. not really sure what the end goal is here. Right. I'm fine with having Keaton Thompson out there, but I think it's a risk to put Ira Armstead out there. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand the logic of putting Jacob Rodriguez out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, we had, um, you know, like Ronnie Walker's one rush, he scored a touchdown on. Like I like we've got talent back there, and I just think that we need to use it more. Uh, Ronnie Walker, Mike Hollins, Wayne, you know that Wayne averaged nine point six yards a carry. Like, and that's against, of course, William and Mary, but that's pretty good. And we don't need to be running Ira for that. So I I think we both I think we're on the same page here, but you know it's just weird. I'm ready to see what what we were what we've got coming up this weekend. Absolutely, and you know, aside from this, and this is the point that everyone noticed during the game. That's been the talk of the week. But other than the weird QB system they ran, mm-hmm. I mean, the offense looked good. Mm-hmm. Brennan Armstrong won uh, co quarterback of the week yeah. with Boston College's quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, twenty one for thirty one, three hundred thirty nine yards, mm-hmm. two passing touchdowns. 
Um, also had two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the running backs, when they did get carries, it was effective. Virginia ran for 225 yards. Mm-hmm. Dontavian Wicks had a few bobbles in there, but he finished with 94 yards receiving. Yep. Uh, Demique Starling really showed out with his long touchdown mm-hmm. catch. Billy Kemp looked same old, same old. Yep. You know, there were positives. I just don't understand necessarily what's happening with the quarterback situation, which I guess we'll find out more as the season progresses. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing, one other thing I do want to point out, I think Brennan had the weirdest rushing stat line I've ever seen in my life. And I know that sacks count against, they count against rushes, rushing yards in college, but still uh, he had seven carries for zero yards with two touchdowns and a long of 11 yards. So I, I just think it was a funny stat line. And that's all I have for uh, for offense. It's you gotta love college football, man. I know you gotta love it. It's beautiful. But yeah, no, let's switch over to the defense. Yes, and please. I will say for those that did decide to go on to Who's Place and read the three three five article, I think I got it pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was. It's you know it's a very similar scheme to what Rocky Long has run during his coaching career in essence. It's a three safety look with mm-hmm. the safety in the middle of the field, um, essentially acting as kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. And that's the role Joey Blunt played. Mm-hmm. So it looked effective. Nick Jackson was all over the place. Hunter Stewart played as well in the middle. And basically what they did is they went three, three, five on first and second down and then moved to the traditional two, four, five mm-hmm. on third downs. So, I don't know if you had any impressions on the scheme or the defense as a whole. And, you know, admittedly, this was William and Mary. Right. It was a backup quarterback. And remember 2013 when Virginia went two and 10 that year, Virginia did shut out VMI 49, nothing. So good. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions <laughs> about the shutout, but it seemed like a good performance. We, we didn't even score 49 points. We only scored 43. So <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I thought the defense looked really good. We had, uh, of course, Nick Jackson has 12, 12 tackles leads the team, same old stuff. Really, William and Mary, I mean, they were they were without their I think they're starting left tackle and their starting quarterback. So like they're gonna have some problems up front. And, you know, but we only had one sack as a team. Um we had no interceptions. We had no fumble recovery. We had one fumble recovery. Oh no, sorry. We we had no fumble recovery. So no turnovers. And, you know, we, we just looked really solid up front especially um and yeah that's that's my thought i thought i thought we did a great job they really had nothing going the whole game exactly i mean that's what you have to realize william and mary rolls out a freshman quarterback backup freshman quarterback Mm -hmm. you know they weren't prepared for success to begin with i think it's going to be interesting watching the secondary rotation this season you know one thing that did jump out is Fentrell Cypress, who's kind of been buried on the bench the past couple of years, came out kind of surprisingly as a starter at cornerback. Mm-hmm. And Nick Grant, you know, we knew Devontae Cross was moving to safety, but then Nick Grant has also moved to safety. So mm-hmm. Nick Grant is playing more of a deep safety now. Devontae Cross, when they're in the 3-3-5, is a deep safety. When he's in a 2-4-5, it looks like he's sliding down a nickel. Mm-hmm. So they're utilizing the versatility of these players Anthony Johnson seems like he's a mainstay at corner. Mm-hmm. We'll see if Darius Braden can wrestle one of those starting spots away. And of course, there's still Josh Hayes, the North Dakota State transfer, who has been injured, wasn't on this week's depth chart, but 
if he is able to play this season, we'll probably factor in at corner as well. So the front seven seems relatively set Mm -hmm. as far as having good players, having deep position groups, you know, good combination at both defensive line and linebacker of established veterans and promising young players. The secondary, as we knew going into the season, was going to be a mixed bag. Seems like there's been more position changes than what we were made aware of going into mm-hmm. the season. So I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I do want to say the secondary played really well, even though we kind of gave them a hard time in our season preview. You know, they they played really well. They they had only had 89 passing yards as a team. The starter only had 83 passing yards, and and so it it was just. It was just all all UVA defense the whole game. I don't know if that has a lot to do with like William and Mary just had no line and they could they the quarterback was just running for his life the whole time, or that the secondary was really good. I want to say it's a little bit of both. Once again, it's against William and Mary, so hard to take anything away. But it is nice to see that the Joey Blunt, kind of the leader of the team had eight tackles, second and tackles behind Nick Jackson. But the other two safeties that you mentioned, uh, Devontae Cross and Nick Grant, only had three tackles combined. And if your safeties aren't tackling people, that's usually sometimes a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But in this case, it was a good thing as they didn't have to because the front seven was taking care of work. Yeah, and you know, talking about Joey Blunt, Joey Blunt is going to be a very interesting player to watch this season, especially if we continue in the three-three-five, mm-hmm. because the three-three-five is really built around giving options to the third middle safety, which in this case is Joey Blunt. The whole defense is basically designed to allow this player to get free reign to the ball, to basically mm-hmm. disguise coverages and leave the quarterback guessing what role is this third safety going to play? Mm-hmm. So Joey Blunt is going to be playing a lot more downhill than you know some of the other safeties have, yep. which is to his strength. He's great against the run. Mm-hmm. He flies around. And the caveat there is that you do have to worry about his health. He does have an injury history. Mm-hmm. And for a defense to be schemed so much around one player, I think there is a risk to it. Mm-hmm. But I expect Joey Blunt to have big-time tackle numbers this season. I think Joey Blunt will be second in the team and tackling behind Nick Jackson. And mm-hmm. I think those two will by a wide margin be one, two. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense because it is schemed that way. And I, I really, I really enjoyed watching it. It was really interesting. And, you know, we'll see what happens against Illinois next week. Uh, Rob, is there anything else you want to talk about with the defense? I mean, I mean, I thought it was, you know, once again, pretty, pretty straightforward and you called it with the three, three, five. So hats off to you. Anyone who hasn't read the article yet should definitely go do it. Um, Rob does a great job on on Who's Place. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. Uh, no, nothing really to add to the defense. So if you want to switch over to a quick look at Illinois this week, I'm, uh, I'm here for it. I do, but before we do that, I do want to talk about our sponsors from Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room, Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. Form. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time and get in on the conversations that you listen to on our podcast or other podcasts that you listen to. You can download Spotify Green Room for free on the iOS app store. You create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever group you want. All you have to do is download it for free on the iOS app store and you can start talking about sports on Spotify Green Room. So let's look ahead to Illinois. Now, Illinois actually had one of the 
it was the first game of the season, right? Versus Nebraska uh, two weeks ago. It was, yep. Yeah, and so, you know, that was they, – they won that game 30-22, to 22, which was actually, at the time, it kind of seemed impressive. Um, and over the last week, they actually lost to UT San Antonio. So this Illinois team, not sure if they're that good. They are first in the Big Ten West, so I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> However, uh, you know, they, they're not going to win the Big Ten West. And that win against Nebraska, I'm guessing, is going to look not as good as the season goes on. Uh, Nebraska is, I think, a, a trash team. Um, so, Rob, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Illinois leading into this upcoming week? I think my thoughts have mirrored pretty much everyone else's thoughts. You mm-hmm. know, you were caught off guard a little bit by Illinois beating Nebraska. It had your attention. Yeah. And then the following week, heading into it, the question was, all right, is, is Nebraska really bad or is Illinois actually kind of good? Uh-huh. And I think losing 37 to 30 to UT San Antonio, you know, kind of makes you think Nebraska might've just been that bad. Yeah. We'll find out, you know, Illinois, they have been without their starting quarterback. He was injured, I think, on like the 13th snap in the opener against mm-hmm. Nebraska. So their backup, uh, Arter Sikowski, yeah, played mostly against that game and then the following week as well. So apparently the starter, or the player who's supposed to be the starter, Brandon Peters, has practiced this week. Okay. But Sikorsky, the backup, is going to be starting the game at least. So yeah. we'll find out what that means. It was Robert and I, I'm sure we could see both of them. But uh-huh. that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so I mean, the their offense is kind of wait and see. You know, we know what Brett Billman teams are. They like to be physical on the lines, and they like to run the ball. I mean, it's an old-school style offense, and mm-hmm. for that matter, defense as well. So, you know, the question really becomes, does Virginia – you know, we made this whole thing this offseason about the 3-3-5. Does Virginia go more 3-4 looks? as they traditionally have done against more of a power running team. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. I think this will be a good test for Virginia. And in the preseason, I saw a lot of picks that maybe this game will be closer. And then recently I've seen picks that maybe UVA is going to run away with this. Mm-hmm. I still think it's going to be a kind of close game, but I do think this is a game that Virginia should win. I think so too. And, you know, just, just talking about what Illinois brings to the table. I mean, their their backup quarterback has five touchdowns, zero interceptions so far. He's thrown for three ninety in two games, which is not great. Like Brennan had almost that in one game. So I think we're definitely the more talented team for sure. I'm excited to see what our defense can do against a team with power five caliber players on it instead of against guys who you know are on William and Mary and no no offense to them but like it's just the it's just a different caliber of player so I think we're gonna get to see a lot more of what this team is actually about and what we can do as a team especially on defense I I feel like our defense is really gonna um we're gonna get a good sense of what our defense can do in this game certainly defensively it's gonna be intriguing because we're still learning about this defense. Right. You know, we saw a lot of three, three, five, but William and Mary ran mostly a spread package on offense anyway. So it made sense. We're going to see the three, three, five. Are we going to see more of what we saw the past years against Illinois? And there's going to be other teams on the schedule, you know, think to pit 
um, for example, that run kind of a more old school style offense. So I think we're going to learn a lot about the defense this week. Mm -hmm. I would expect to see more Hunter Stewart. Hunter Stewart played well um, against William and Mary and Bronco called him out. And Mm -hmm. if we do see more three, four looks, uh, or even if we're in three, three, five against Illinois, I think Hunter Stewart is a little bit better than Elliot Brown against the run. So I would expect to see more of him on the field. But I think we're going to learn a little bit more about the defense. I mean, heck, we're going to learn more about the offense. I mean, is this four-quarterback system here to stay? You know, like you said, it's really three quarterbacks, excluding Keaton Thompson. But how is this offense going to adjust? Because it is a stronger defensive line. Does that mean that we're going to go more towards our running backs? Or does it mean that, you know, we're going to look to go over the top more because Mm -hmm. maybe it'll be harder to run the ball? I think, as you alluded to, Illinois isn't the best Power 5 opponent. Mm-hmm. But they're a power five opponent, and right. we're going to learn more about our team this week, uh, especially heading into a really critical week three battle yeah. against UNC, who who looked awful against Tech. And they did. I, they I don't did know, not if, look good. and I don't know if that means Tech is really good this year, which I'm not convinced they are. But I, um, you know, I I think that I think that it'll be really interesting to see how UNC does this week. Uh, who hold on? Who do they play this week? North Carolina. Play. I think they have like a cupcake game this week. They play Georgia State this week. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how they do. I mean, they looked bad against Tech. Um, you know, Howell couldn't do anything with the ball. He threw a touch, his first touchdown in the third quarter, I think. But like, their line sucks. It's either like their line sucks or Virginia Tech's defense is like really good. And I think their defense is probably pretty good, but I thought, you know, I think people underestimate, and we, cer- I certainly did, underestimated the losses of their two starting wide receivers and their two starting running, 2,000 yard rush- r- rushing running backs last year. Um, so I, you know, we'll see how they bounce back this week against Georgia State. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game now as maybe we have more of a chance than we originally thought. Oh, for sure. And I mean, as you said, they lost so much. I mean, personally, I'm really looking forward to Diami Brown in Washington. I'm oh, yeah. really excited to see what he can do. You drafted we've him seen in what our he league, can do against didn't... UVA. You drafted yeah, him in our league. that was my last pick. Yeah. 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 Well, so. yeah, we'll see how he does. I mean, we're, I'm excited to see. Yeah. By the way, yeah, football starts tonight, too. So I need to turn that on. Bucks, yeah, we Bucks. are recording on Thursday night for those of you who might be wondering. But, Bucks and boys. Yeah, I mean. that's right um no but uh, that unc game all of a sudden assuming you know let's not jump ahead too far assuming Mm -hmm. uba gets through illinois that unc game is much much more intriguing after the virginia tech yeah uh debacle i would say i mean unc should for having a quarterback like sam howell they should not have scored only 10 points in that game yeah and you know it adds even more intrigue the fact that zach rice the top 10 perennial uh, high school recruit, uh, number one offensive tackle, he might very well be choosing between UVA and UNC. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this could be, you know, even a closer matchup than we anticipated, intriguing for so many reasons. Yeah. But let's get through Illinois, and then we'll have all next week to talk about North Carolina. Exactly. Uh, one last thing, Rob. I I just saw the uniform reveal for this week, for this game. Have you seen it yet? I have, yes. Okay, so I want 
I think in the future, I want to play a game where you guess the uniform reveal, and then we see if you're right. But Rob and a tech, we have text proof that Rob guessed white, blue, blue, going from top down, and it's actually blue, blue, white, top down. So you were correct if if you went pants, shirt, helmet. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one does that. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, I feel like my best guess for this uniform combo would have been white, blue, white. I feel like, you know, we recycle the same combinations. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we really only wear like two or three different combinations at home. Yeah. So I I personally, having seen it in other sports and other teams, I kind of want them to go white, blue, blue. Uh-huh. Bronco hasn't done that at UVA. That would Maybe be, someday we'll get it. That, I think that would look bad. Just It might. It might. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if I, just i think it would look bad the aesthetics i don't know i will see but anyway i'm looking forward to more orange unis this year um that that's what i'm looking for maybe yeah we only wore them once last year yeah it was the game brennan got hurt I, well let's not talk about that but we i want more orange <laughs> unis when we win so you know i i want to do a deep dive on uniforms one week where we look at you know what uniforms we win in the most and do we keep the same do we keep a similar color scheme if we win a game the week before i think i'm going to do some research maybe next week that's something we talk about but um otherwise i think we're done for tonight this is a short pod not a not a ton to talk about nothing big no, no breaking news um but yeah rob any last thoughts feelings about this football team do you feel better or about the same than how you did before the season started i'd say about the same Mm -hmm. um and i came in thinking high of this team i would say i'm a little more skeptical on offense of Mm -hmm. what i thought i'd be but i'm a little bit higher on the defense than what i thought i'd be so what do you feel yeah i feel like probably about the same i i really had no expectations for well i didn't really know what to expect with the defense but i think i was really surprised and and quite happy that you know we shut out william and mary i also think that with the the four quarterback system, I'm hoping it grows on me, but you know, we'll see. And, you know, but the, you know, Anai seems to know what he's doing sometimes. So I hope that, yeah, I hope that it keeps going that way. Seems to know what he's doing sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And the first quarter, I was, and there, there were tweets literally in the first quarter that said fire Anai. <laughs> like people were so mad and we scored 43. So, you know, not too bad. Yeah. Well, you know, you live and die with the good and bad of an eye. An eye has moments where he looks like a genius and he has other moments where you want to strangle him. Right. So hopefully we get more good and I this week. Yeah. I want good and I. All right. Uh, With that, I think we are done for tonight. We're sitting about 30 minutes. This might be the shortest pod ever, but uh, thank, (laughs) thank y'all for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at guys and ties pod. Go ahead and unfollow us on Instagram and Snapchat for all that bonus content that's going to be coming at Guys and Ties Pod. Go ahead and follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep listening. And we will definitely see you guys next time. Go Hoos. Go Hoos.